This is Dr. Kate Eckert with the Form, Function, and Flow Lab podcast. I'm a chiropractor, yoga instructor, anatomy junkie, and movement educator. And I am looking forward to exposing you to all sorts of ways that you can prehab your body to avoid injury and maintain those hobbies, activities, sports that you love to do. And we'll also be focusing a lot on the pregnant and postpartum journey and making sure that you can return to those activities that you love or even keep doing them while you're pregnant. Hello, this is Dr. Kate, and today I'm going to talk a little bit about why your bowel movement could be connected to how your low back feels, your SI joint feels, how your pelvic floor is functioning. So those are things that I feel like we don't often talk about. Um, I feel like uh, women's health is getting a lot more out there when it comes to urinary incontinence and we're becoming more aware of that. But I think some of the things that people don't like to talk about still would be the fecal involvement. Um, You know, your pelvic floor also affects the anus, same as the urinary opening and the vagina. So with pelvic floor dysfunction, not only can we have um, leakage, urinary leakage, urinary incontinence, pain with sex, pain with um, inserting a tampon, those kind of things, but we can also have issues with stool. So, and that can range. That can be anywhere from constipation, chronic constipation, to um, fecal smearing. Now that wouldn't be the same as I've heard that termed with like a a behavioral issue with kids with um, certain issues. This would be more of you cannot, um, it would be like fecal leakage, same as um, urinary leakage. And so if you're noticing that you have Um, fecal matter in your underwear and that kind of thing you can't get a clean wipe afterwards that would be more what we're what we're talking about and it's not something that people want to talk about but it is a clue that there might be an issue with your pelvic floor Um, people don't like to talk about how often they go to the bathroom or anything like that but that can also be an indicator of how our pelvic floor is functioning and how our body is functioning as a whole. So there is a great chart to use to assess yourself and just what your poop looks like, which sounds super weird and some people probably never look in the toilet, but it might be a good idea if you're having some chronic issues that you aren't getting relief from because sometimes that weird symptom that you think has nothing to do with something else with your stool could be affecting your pelvic floor and while you don't have classic pelvic floor symptoms it might be showing up as chronic low back pain or SI joint pain or a hip issue. Um, So this stool chart it gives you a range of one through seven types of stool and you simply just compare it. So it goes anywhere from like the tiny little hard lumps to like a lumpy stool to a little bit more fully formed to that 
regular sausage shaped, which is what would be the best kind of stool form, and then you get the looser end. So it's trying to determine and help you determine how your body is processing food. And then also how often do you go? Um, ideally, you should be going every day. And a lot of people go days and days without going. And not just from a pelvic floor issue, this could tell us some things about your abdominal cavity and things that are going on in there. If we don't have really good breathing patterns, sometimes we get some stagnation of those um, abdominal organs. So that means not great lymph flow, not great blood flow, and that can affect our bowel habits. So that would also be an indicator that maybe we need to breathe better, do some abdominal massage, visceral massage to get better blood flow to those organs, get better lymph flow. Because remember, stagnant lymph is like a dirty fish tank. Uh, we want nice circulated lymph for our, our organs to be bathed in, and that is gonna decrease our inflammation because stagnant lymph equals inflammation. Um, so there's uh, multifacets to why um, a good healthy stool pattern is going to affect you physically and musculoskeletally as well. Um, with the pelvic floor stuff, you know, the old school version of let's fix our pelvic floor was to do a bunch of kegels strengthen it it must be weak if you're having leakage that is you know kind of gone by the wayside and we realize that we need to treat it like other muscles where we learn to get it to fully relax before we can get it to um, adequately contract and do the job that we want it to do the other thing to keep in mind with the pelvic floor is that it's not just one muscle that simply contracts and relaxes. You've got three openings coming out through there. Um, if we look at it, we've got that urovaginal opening, so the urethra is coming in through there and the vaginal opening, but, and then we have the anal opening. And for those of you watching this rather than listening, we're looking at the um, pelvis model and we're looking at the pelvic floor and we're looking at that most superficial layers of muscles and you can see the sphincter around the anus and the sphincter around the urethrovaginal opening. When you peel that first layer off we're looking at the vaginal opening, the urethral opening, the anal, op the rectal opening, and we're looking at that levator ani layer of muscles, the deeper layer that should lift. There are many fibers, different portions of the pelvic floor, so it doesn't all act as one. And you can have one portion of the pelvic floor be tighter than another. So if you're having um, an issue where you're having hip pain on one side, it might be an indicator that you have some asymmetry left to right in your pelvic floor. Um, if you're having a constipation issue and not able to fully relax that area, or you're having maybe some incontinence in the urethral area, 
you could have possibly some asymmetry front to back in the pelvic floor. So it doesn't work all as one. It can be varied. And I, that same goes for anywhere else in your body. When I look at people's, we do a lot of core work in the office. And often I will find that um, some women get very overactive and tight transverse abdominis at the top part of their abs, so the upper part of that muscle, and then at the lower part, maybe um, postpartum just from having a baby or definitely if they've had a c-section that lower part of the transverse abdominis can be underactive while the upper part can be overactive it doesn't have to be a blanket statement for the whole muscle same goes for the pelvic floor so you need to really hone in on what area of the pelvic floor is tighter than the other and I love that video that I posted a few weeks ago on half happy baby because it's a great way to feel which area feels more restricted left to right um, if you're not a yoga person and you don't know what happy baby is that's all right it would be if you're lying on your back you reach up and grab happy full happy baby in yoga is where you grab both feet and you draw the thighs down towards your rib cage and you get an opening in through the groin adductor area um, half happy baby is just doing one side at a time you can have the other leg bent or straight uh, out we'll link that exercise below um, but you can see when you have that like let's say you have the right leg up and you're holding it open you're trying to visualize the bowl that is the pelvic floor opening up more so to that right side so you're getting more of a stretch along that right side then you would do it with the left leg and you would see how you feel more of an opening and a stretch on the left side of the pelvic floor and then you can kind of assess which side feels more restricted to you um, it's a great little check-in with yourself and then hopefully as you uh, practice it and do some release work and that kind of thing you are able to feel them kind of even out as you get better at fully relaxing both sides so that they're more symmetrical more even and then that helps with the musculoskeletal stuff that's attached around it like hip pain um, and that would be like what with what I struggled with last year I had a hip issue I'm pretty certain it was a labral uh, fraying or tear type of a thing and I had a lot of asymmetry in that way in my pelvic floor and once I worked on it then it started to even out and I could feel that and then the hip pain resolved um, with the pelvic floor when we're talking about the um, bowel movements and constipation or leakage that kind of thing we're talking more about the posterior or the back half of the pelvic floor so I'm losing my parts here Oops. the back half of the pelvic floor if you divided it the sphincter around the anus but also the levator ani coccygeus all of those muscles in the back half to access that 
what I love to start with is some release of the structures right around that border. So if we look at the border of the pelvic floor, we've got the four points that make the borders. We've got your pubic bone in the front, the two bones that we sit on. If, you've, if you're sitting in a chair, a hard chair, and you feel that bony prominence that sticks down, that is the part of your pelvis. It's called your ish tubes. That's what we sit on. And then in the back half, we've got your coccyx, and it is that little bony point at the very end, and it really tucks under, and it doesn't just stick straight down, so it does have a curve to it. Everyone's curve is unique, and some people's curve is much more pronounced, and some people's are not. We're not all proportioned the same, so just keep that in mind. Um, and when I give people release work to do from the coccyx or the tip of your tailbone to the bone we sit on i often see them try the move with a i use a yoga tune-up ball or you could use a, a tennis ball at home i see people put it up in the fleshy part of their butt so up higher and i want you to think of where your pelvic floor is that bowl that holds everything up that is going to be way on the underside of your carriage so think of that back half of the pelvic floor as circling around your anus that is where you're headed that is where the back half of the pelvic floor is so it is very up close and personal into that space so when we access the sacrotuberous ligament so that would be from the bone you sit on to the sacrum, sacrotuberous. They, it just tells what where the ligament's going, from what to what. Um, and then we also have sacrospinous, which is littler and along the side here. So when we go from, when we're accessing that to try to get that bo back side border of the pelvic floor, um, we wanna make sure we're way up and under into the bowl of the flesh of the pelvic floor. And it's gonna be very midline because it's attaching almost right to that midline spot of the tailbone, the coccyx. So you don't want to put a ball right up onto your tailbone and jam it straight in, but it's pretty midline. And then you just shift it towards whichever side you're working on, left or right. And then you're rocking the ball in towards, essentially the anus, in towards the belly of the pelvic floor and then back out and then shift it in and then back out and in and back out so you're that's a great way to access that back half of the pelvic floor and something to keep in mind is that you always want to tiptoe into this area especially if you're having issues with it if you're having issues with it chances are it's going to be super sensitive and you don't want to um, go in really heavy-handed, have it be super painful, and then you end up tightening up against it. We're kind of working against ourselves with that. So you want to go lightly, gently come into the area, and then you'll be able to accept more pressure as you go. And then when you're switching from side to side, you just lighten up your pressure, slide to the other side, and then address that. So you're going from this sacrospinous ligament 
or sacrotuberous and spinous is a little above into the belly of your undercarriage essentially um, and you can do it seated you can do it on a wall on the wall usually you can vary the pressure a little bit more your hamstrings might be too tight to get into that position and if they are you can always do it seated um, but that is a great way to address the back side of the pelvic floor where you might have some tension if you're having those issues with bowel movements and remember that can be an indicator of something you need to address if you've got chronic low back pain hip pain si joint pain that isn't getting remedied by classic treatments to the low back it, this might be your missing component and it is not just women I have treated plenty of men um, that have the same issue that possibly have desk jobs where they sit a ton are under an extreme amount of stress because we tend to carry a lot of stress there and we'll clench our glutes tuck our tailbones under or cyclists cyclists are very prone to having issues here because of the way bike seats are and not getting that area to relax if you um, are using it a great amount of time. So if you have any questions, I highly recommend taking a more uh, interest in your stool, making sure that it matches up with the um, Bristol stool chart make sure that you're going regularly and if you're not you might not you might want some abdominal visceral massage work we do do that in the office but there are lots of people out there that do it in different professions um, pts chiropractors some muscle body workers like um, athletic trainers or massage therapists sometimes are um, have studied those techniques so if you're interested in it always interview whoever you're working with to see what kind of techniques they do and if they are well versed in that stuff so have a good one let me know if you have any questions i look forward to working with you guys and if you have any topics that you'd like discussed make sure to comment below and let me know because i'd be happy to share all the knowledge that i have on those issues